Welcome back to the Mammy Show. This is your host, Rohit. Today we have Paul Slack, the founder and CEO of Vendor Digital and Demand Generation Specialist. Thank you, Paul, for getting into the show. Hey, Rohit. Really excited to be here today. Thanks for having me. We would love to have you in to talk about social media, talk about your agency, talk about the leveraging social media for the brand awareness and so on. So would you like to tell something about yourself first, how you got started and how is your agency going in? How are you about to go in future? So believe it or not, we're actually uh, celebrating our 22nd year in digital marketing, which uh, uh, quite a long time ago, you know, I actually got my start back in the 90s as an old sales guy. And uh, and then uh, as the internet was becoming, becoming a thing, I kind of shifted into marketing. I uh, won't go into all that story, but, but really it was a B2B sales guy and saw that around 2000, that the internet was going to be a really important thing for B2B companies and that they hadn't quite figured out how to leverage the internet. And so I started my first agency uh, in 2000 to just help B2B companies figure out, you know, how do you capture attention with the internet? And uh, Rohit, you're going to laugh about this, but back in 2000, when I would talk to uh, business leaders of B2B companies. And I'd say, you've got to be on the internet. This is really an important thing. They would look at me like, you're crazy. I, I don't need a website. I've got a sales force. I'm, I'm in great shape. I, yeah. I go to all the right tra trade shows. I know all the right, I know all of our accounts. We really don't need a website. Well, fast forward to, you know, 2022. And of course, everybody knows they need a website today. And, but we're still working with B2B companies, really helping them, you know, generate demand for their business and really help move customers through the funnel. How was the journey so far since like, like from nowhere to a lot, you know, it's a lot like from no website for each of them, like where there was no mindset of having something or getting into right. online and just shifting everything towards the website or everything online. You know, what's crazy about that is so back then, you know, I was saying you need to have a website, you need to be online. And they were like, well, I don't know that I do. And I'd have to convince them that obviously this is a place to go and get in front of customers. And, and that's how we got started, primarily doing search engine optimization back in 2000, because as a B2B company, that was really all you could do to get attention because there really weren't a lot of options uh, on the internet back then. But then as we were helping companies, you know, build websites and optimize them for search engines. And you, this is another funny story. When we were optimizing for search engines in 2000, it was to rank well on Yahoo, Alta Vista and Lycos. I mean, Google wasn't even a household name back then. And so the world has changed a lot, but we would help companies rank well in search engines. And then they would call us and say, Hey, that's awesome. I went and did a search on Yahoo and I saw that we're number one or in the on the first page of the search results, but we're not getting any leads. It's not helping us grow our business. And so we would go look at their website and go, well, you're telling a terrible story. Your website's awful. You're not helping customers do anything. You need to improve your usability. You need to improve your yeah. messaging. And so we got involved in that just as a way to help them get more out of the value we were generating through good rankings. And then of course, you know, fast forward uh, after search engine optimization, then there was paid search. And then obviously here we are today uh, with social media and things like that. And, you know, a lot of people think about Vendi Digital as a B2B social agency. We're really a B2B demand agency. And what's funny, Rohit, is that a lot of the same conversations we're having today uh, are similar to what we had back in 2000, except today we're saying, hey, B2B company, you've got to be in social media. You've got to be <laughs> on LinkedIn. You've yeah. got to be on Facebook and all these different channels. And oftentimes they look at us like, 
you're crazy. I, why do I need to be on LinkedIn? That's a waste of time. But the reality is, if we're going to uh, create demand and capture demand with our buyers, we've got to go where they go. And they're flocking to sites like LinkedIn today to stay informed and to connect with their peers and really learn about things that they can't learn about on their own. And so it's a really important place for B2B companies to be spending their time. So your agency is in full service or you are specialized in just B2B social or SEO? So we're a full service B2B digital agency. So most of what we do are we're help people think through their strategy because most of our clients as B2B companies are very focused on what I would call traditional things. So they're, they're still running trade shows and events and they're going to events and they're still very sales led, meaning yeah. their, their sales reps are out there making a hundred calls a day or whatever the case may be. And they really don't get digital. So we come in and we help them think through what does that buyer journey look like on digital and how can they create and capture demand? So we help with strategy and then we help them by running campaigns to get their message in front of their target audience. And then we work them through a process uh, that we call buyer enablement that just helps their buyers kind of move through the funnel and keep their our clients top of mind. And so that means we're helping them with content. That means we're running campaigns for them. That means we're helping them uh, think through their marketing tech stack. We, we're also helping them with marketing automation and email marketing and things like that. So, you know, we're a small shop. We only have 11 full-time employees. We work with a lot of uh, freelancers. And so really our job is to come in more as the strategist or the quarterback and then bring in the right tools or partners that are going to help them accomplish what they're trying to accomplish. And even trade shows and events cost a lot more and even expensive as comparison to digital ads and so on. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, one of the things we've been telling our customers about trade shows, because they still feel very much like they've got to go to trade shows. Mm -hmm. What I'm telling them is don't buy the booth, you know, don't don't buy the booth, use that money for digital and we can spend it wisely and get you in front of the right customers, but absolutely go to those trade shows, but just don't have a booth, but bring a camera. And go interview customers and prospects and create content that you can then repurpose and share on your website, on your YouTube channel, on social channels, and things like that. So trade shows in and of themselves aren't bad as a tactic to build content and build relationships, but they're certainly not a good go-to-market strategy anymore. Certainly, you know, yeah. buying a booth and paying $100,000 to show up and have a booth, that's kind of silly in today's so, world. What do you mean by B2B marketing and how do you get into, like, how, how do you get it done in the right way possible? B2B marketing is an interesting thing, uh, especially because the world has changed a lot, even since 2000. You know, I mentioned earlier, I'm an old sales guy. And back in the yeah. 90s, we were responsible as a salesperson in B2B to generate demand. So it wasn't on marketing's shoulders to generate demand. And quite frankly, this is before the internet. And so customers didn't have access to information like they have today. And so it really was on the sales rep's shoulders to go create demand. And by creating demand, I mean getting in front of a customer or prospect that doesn't know that you exist or the problem that you can solve and making them aware that you exist and aware of the problem you can solve. So that was on sales reps. We would smile and dial, you know, take people to lunch, do whatever we could do to get in front of customers and help them know that we exist. Well, now in today's world, what we're finding out is that, that customers and prospects are pushing off that conversation with a sales rep until the very last minute. In fact, Gartner did a recent study where they showed that a customer is literally 80% through the sales journey before they even talk to sales. 
you know, to use a football, it's football season here in the United States right now, American football. And to use an analogy that, you know, if you think about a football field, there's a hundred yards on that football field. That means the customers all the way on the 20 yard line, getting ready to score a touchdown before they want to talk to a sales rep. And so we have to think about what are we going to do from the, the one yard line on their side of the field, all the way to the 20 yard line on our side of the field. That's really marketing's job today because they don't want to talk to sales. And so when back in the nineties, they did because they didn't have access to information, but today we all have ubiquitous access to information. It's at our fingertips. And so they don't need to talk to sales until the very end. And so they're waiting till the very end. And so marketing needs to come in and figure out how do I get in front of potential customers? How do I get their attention and how do I hold their attention? And that's really what B2B marketing is all about. It's it's understanding who our customer is, finding out the places where they're going to learn and providing information that's going to help them along their journey. We would like, what you would like to say about the demand generation and its framework? You are specialized in framework of demand generation. So how you would like to say about that? That, that's great. Um, so we actually have developed um, a demand generation framework. And, and it's funny because we started developing this when we got started 20 years ago. We just didn't call it demand generation then. It's kind of that's the term that we use uh, today to talk about how to get in front of the right customers and move them through a journey. But we do have this framework that we've been building out for the last 22 years that that really has four pillars to it. So the first pillar uh, when you're trying to implement demand generation is always about planning. So we have to start with understanding who is our ideal customer, right? So it's not try to sell to everybody. We want to sell to those customers, or let me say it this way. We don't want to market to everybody. We want to market to the customers that we can serve the very best. Those are the ones that are going to resonate with our marketing message the most. So, you know, when you hear the term ideal customer profile, what we're really trying to say is who is that 20% of your customers that absolutely love everything that you do, that you can really move the needle for them. You need to identify them in the planning phase. And once you figure that out, the next thing you need to do is go figure out what are the messages that are going to resonate with them. So what words and things can you say to them that are going to get them excited about the problems that you can solve for them? And that's what we mean by planning. So the first pillar is planning. The second pillar is now that we know who our customer is, we need to go what we call activate your audience. So now we know who your customer is. Let's go figure out where they go and hang out online. Where, what websites are they going to? What are those watering holes that they're going to to learn and stay informed about their industry and learn different ways to solve problems uh, that they're dealing with internally? That's that's what we mean by activate your audience. We need to understand those places, those channels, those websites, which you know obviously could be social channels. It could be Google. It could be influencers. It could be coming on podcasts like your podcast, The Maven Show, right? It's These are the places where customers go to learn. We want to make sure we've identified those and that we have plans uh, to get in front of our customers in those watering holes, if you will. So that's the second pillar, activate your audience. The third pillar is establish authority. And, and the best place to do that in our mind, Rohit, is to do that on your website. So, you know, we start with understanding who our customer is. That's the step, first step. Step two is uh, activate our audience by go hanging out where they like to hang out. But the goal of that activate your audience pillar is to ultimately get people to your website because on your website, that's where you're going to establish authority and also establish empathy. And what I mean by that is you're going to communicate very well on your website, 
hey, we're qualified to solve your problem, but not only are we qualified to solve your problem, we want to solve your problem. We have empathy and we've even come up with a plan forward. We've made it super easy for you to work with us and have us solve your problem. So that's that third pillar of our demand gen framework is uh, establish authority. And then the final pillar uh, is to uh, stay top of mind or to nurture relationships because in the B2B world, which is the world we play in, um, you know, we're dealing with long sales cycles, sales by committee. Most people don't come to your website and buy now in the B2B world. They come to your website and learn and they come back and they come back and eventually they'll fill out a form. And so we've got to, we've got to execute strategies after they've been to your website that are going to keep you top of mind. And so when we work with clients, what we do is work them through those four pillars that start with planning. And then how do we activate your audience? How do we nurture or establish authority on your website? And then ultimately, how are we going to nurture relationships? and keep you top of mind. And when you build a plan around those four pillars, what we found is uh, that you really can win in the digital space. And how you would like to explain regarding the content marketing? You know, so content marketing, so that that was the framework I just walked you through and that's that works really well, but the fuel that makes demand generation go is really content. Because if you don't have anything useful to say to your customer, you can have the best framework in the world and nobody's going to ever do anything. So when you go and activate your audience, you're hanging out where they're hanging out. You better have something useful to say. And in my world, one of the great things I love about B2B marketing is that all of my clients trying to reach their customers, their customers are all struggling with an issue. They wouldn't, you know, a business has a problem because they can't solve it on their own. And so our clients have solutions to customer problems. And so what we need to do from a content marketing perspective is really understand what are the problems that our customers are trying to solve and what's our point of view on how to solve those problems. And so we work with our clients and coach them on thinking about, you know, hey, when you're writing content to reach and, and get your customer excited about your business, be thinking about communicating to them what's wrong in their business, um, why that thing that's wrong in their business is happening, what you would do to fix it if they were to hire you to fix it. And then, and then evidence or proof, what use cases or testimonials or, or things that you can show that, Hey, your idea really will work. And when you build a content strategy around, you know, solving problems for customers and really um, giving it away, making it easy, educating and informing your, your potential buyer, that's how you can activate your audience and get them excited because you're going to be out there where they're hanging out. You're going to be sharing information that's going to be helpful to them. They're going to go, oh my gosh, that's a really great idea. And when you do that, you're um, creating reciprocity because they're seeing content from you and they're going, wow, that was useful. Um, and you're also establishing trust. And then ultimately they're going to come to your website to read the full story and that's where your content can even do a bigger job of communicating, you know, hey, these are the steps. These are the processes. This is how you can solve your problem with us. And so you absolutely cannot execute demand generation today without having a good, solid content marketing strategy. And one other point to that that I just want to share is when you're devel developing your content strategy, it's really important to think about what we call content pillars, Rohit, which is, you know, what are the three to five stakes in the ground that you want to put about your business and all, or that you want to talk about rather as it relates to your business, because all of your content needs to center around these, what we call content pillars. Like for example, at Vindi, um, our content pillars are demand generation, mm -hmm. uh, social selling, 
B2B social media marketing. You know, those are examples of our pillars. And so everything that we write all, is always tied to those pillars. The reason why that's so important is that we have this phrase, marketing is an exercise in memorization. If you try, if you try to talk about too many things or write about too many things in your content marketing strategy, you're going to ultimately water down your message and your audience is going to be confused about what it is that you can do for them. But if you focus all the things that you write about or talk about in three to five pillars, then and that's all you write or talk about, then pretty quickly your customers are going to go, oh, that's the B2B marketing guy. When I need help with B2B marketing, I'm going to reach out to them because they can help with that. And so that's why you want to have three to five content pillars. And then the next key part of that is once you figure that out, write long form content, meaning blogs or things like that, thousand type, thousand plus word types of content that live on your website, then repurpose that content by, by lifting key points, and that becomes your social media content strategy. So you start with your pillars. You write really great content around those pillars. Those become like blogs, for example, or YouTube videos or many different ways you can express long-form content. But then you lift key components of that, and that becomes your social media content that you distribute in social media. And lastly, how you would like to explain like how to leverage the social media for brand awareness, you know? Yeah, that, that's great. And that ties right into what we were just talking about. So great segue there. Um, so, you know, I think a lot of companies get, um, I need to create demand, I need to generate content, but they're still, like I mentioned a few minutes ago, they're still going, well, wait a minute, why do I need to be on LinkedIn? Why do I need to be yeah. on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or TikTok, you name it? Why do I need to be on those platforms? The reality is it goes back to activate your audience. Your audience is there. So we got, we have to be there. Um, but the thing about social media is the number one goal is activate your audience. And so we want to be there and we want to deliver value and information where they're hanging out. And so social media is a different channel than like search. If you think about search engines like Google, um, the, the intent of the user is to go to Google, type in some key phrases, find um, websites that are relevant to that key phrase and then bounce off of Google to another website. Mm -hmm. The reality is in social media, that's not why people go to social media. They don't go to social media to bounce from Twitter to another website or to bounce from Instagram to another website, LinkedIn to another website. They're there to scroll. They're there to learn and stay on the platform. A big mistake that B2B companies make with their social media is they're trying to use it as kind of a direct response. They want to run a piece of content on a, a social platform, and then they're hoping that that person every single time is going to click off over to their website. Um, that's not what's going to happen. Yes, it does happen a little bit, but your primary goal needs to be to educate and inform on yeah. the channel. And so deliver the value on the channel. So I go back to those long form articles I was talking about earlier, you know, maybe a blog on content marketing, let's say if it was Vindy Digital. And we've got this thousand word blog. Well, there's lots of tips and ideas that are in that blog that we could go and deliver almost a mini blog, if you will, as a post on LinkedIn. That way, when somebody scrolls and sees our content, 
they get the whole essence of what we're trying to communicate. We deliver value to them right in the feed. They don't have to click to our website to get the value. They're getting the value right there in the feed. And what happens when we do that the right way is we're building awareness, we're building trust, we're building authority. Our customers are like, man, these guys are smart. They really get it. And when they're ready to buy, when they're ready to learn more, that's when they're going to come over to our website. That is the real key to B2B social media today. Do you recommend bots or bots, engagement bots and bots? So I'm, I'm not a big fan of those things. I'm absolutely, <laughs> uh, you know, and I'm, uh, there's different strategies and different schools of thought. So I'm my, my focus and what we recommend to clients is that, you know, you've really got, especially when we're talking about social media here, um, there's two avenues to get in front of your customer. One is uh, creating really remarkable content and making it available on your company page and then amplifying that content with paid ads. Uh, a lot of people think that paid social is expensive. The reality is if you do it right, it's some of the best advertising you can possibly do today because of the incredible targeting that we can do on social media today. So that's one avenue is really write remarkable content, get it out there on social and then amplify it with paid. But then the other component is leverage your employees. So get all of your employees and really get them excited about becoming brand ambassadors in social media and sharing your content. And if you'll do those things and you really don't need to leverage bots. And I will tell you um, early on in my, in the early days, I'm always trying something new if I can, but you know, in the early days when bots first came out, I actually tried them on LinkedIn for a while. And I, I actually got my account locked down twice and almost, <laughs> you know, almost lost, you know, 10 years worth of community building and networking yeah. and all that yeah. uh, because, you know, they said I was violating their terms and conditions. And from that moment on, I swore to LinkedIn and I've kind of made the the, the pivot here internally that we're not going to use those just because we're concerned about, um, you know, having our accounts locked down or any of the clients that we work with. So that's always the challenge, uh, especially on a site like LinkedIn, where they're so anti-bot these days. And LinkedIn is the best source for the B2B, so we cannot mess with that for sure. Yeah, absolutely. B2B, I'm sorry, LinkedIn right now is it for B2B. Believe it or not, though, you're going you're gonna to laugh when I tell you this, but I think TikTok is uh, heading in the right direction. I think as more and more people are discovering TikTok as a channel to spend time, um, that, and I wouldn't have said this a year ago, Rohit, but I am saying it now. I'm seeing more B2B content on TikTok. I'm seeing more B, more people flocking to TikTok just to stay aware. And I can see that being an important channel down the road. I'm not ready to say bet your farm in 2023 on that. LinkedIn is still the 800 pound gorilla, but, but that's a reminder that we're, that we should always be leveraging you know, the channel that's got us in front of our customers the best, but we should always be testing new things as well. When we test new channels, it gives us an opportunity to get a leading edge, get ahead of, you know, I've been on LinkedIn um, since about 2007, maybe even earlier than that. And so, you know, I'm a big LinkedIn proponent, but at the same time, we need to be trying new things because 10 years from now, LinkedIn may not be what it is. In fact, I'm going to, I'm going to, go down a rabbit trail here for a second, but Google just made a huge announcement about their algorithm algorithm change uh, end of August called the Google helpful content update. Um, and that's that whole update, that algorithmic update was all about them fighting spam in their search results. And the reason that they're concerned about it, believe it or not, the fastest growing search engine right now, not the largest, 
but the fastest growing search engine is actually TikTok. People are using TikTok like a search engine. You know, hey, I want to learn a recipe on how to make a mojito. I want to want to learn how to bake chicken. What they're using TikTok as a search engine today, and that's got Google scared to death because ten years from now. Google may be something in our past and things like TikTok may be our future. You never know. So it's important to always be testing. For sure, for sure. And let's say someone is getting started with social media. What do you suggest? Should they be getting started with each of the platform or they should be focusing on just one or so? Yeah, that's a great question. So I think, you know, when you're, if you're just getting started in social media, and this is true if you're B2B or B2C, I would pick one or two platforms that you really are convinced that your buyers are there. So you've gone through the plan, you understand who your ideal customer is, and you've gone to that second step of activating your audience and you're analyzing where are my customers hanging out and you believe they're on LinkedIn or you believe they're on Twitter or Facebook or wherever, pick one or two and double down, really invest the time. And here's a key point. Don't give up too early. A lot of people will try it for 90 days and go, ah, that didn't work. The reality is stay committed to it, learn, get really good at it. And then once you figure that out, then look at adding another channel. Amazing, Bob. Any best steps you have for the for someone is getting started into social media, brand awareness and so on? You know, I think always, the, you know, start at the beginning, right? So if you're if you're just now thinking about digital marketing, just now thinking about demand generation, the most important thing I can impress on you is understand your customer. Who do you serve the absolute best? Who are the customers that love you, um, that whatever you're selling, they're buying and they're loving it? Start there. Do not try to sell to everybody. Sell to those customers that you serve best. One of the great things that the internet has brought to the table is we can sell to very small niche audiences and have a great successful business. And then rather than be product focused, I would suggest that you are just um, incredibly focused on solving problems for your customer. Let, let your product development be understanding problems that your customers have and building a solution to those problems and then build it in, build it in public. You know, that's the great thing about social media while you're learning about your customer, while you're learning about their problems, while you're learning about ways to solve their problems, do all that online, do all that very open and public. And you're going to get, a very interested audience, and that's going to serve you well over the long haul. Thanks, Bob, for sharing this bunch of insights. And thank you so much for getting into the show. Yeah, you bet. Excited to be here. It was a lot of fun.